Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope your Lent is off to a good start. It's day two, and uh, it's beautiful here where I am in good old Tennessee. We are having, uh, I wouldn't even call it a spring. I would say we're more, it's more like summer. Today it's, today it's going up to 81 degrees here. It's already 70 at just nine in the morning. So we're having very strange weather. And I know on the West Coast, they're having blizzard conditions. I think there's even a blizzard warning for Los Angeles. So strange times uh, in all things, including the weather. Today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about <clears throat> our first reading today from um, the Mass, which was from Deuteronomy. And um, I think it's one of the most critical scriptures that we have been given, because it really comes to the crux of the whole matter of what are we doing with our lives? Are we choosing life or are we choosing death? And so this is Deuteronomy 30. If you don't know Deuteronomy 30, uh, you should go read it. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful scripture. It's one of the last words that the Lord gave to Moses before he died and asked him to write them down and drill these words uh, into his people. And, and they had to be really petitioned. What are you going to choose here? So this is the reading. Moses said to the people, Today I've set before you life and prosperity, death and doom. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin on you today, loving him and walking in his ways and keeping his commandments, statutes and decrees, you will live and grow numerous and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to occupy. If, however, you turn away your hearts and will not listen, but are led astray and adore and serve other gods, I tell you now that you will certainly perish and you will not have a long life on the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and occupy. I call heaven and earth today to witness against you. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life then, that you and your descendants may live, by loving the Lord your God, heeding his voice and holding fast to him. For that will mean life for you, a long life for you to live on the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There it is. There it is. So, <clears throat> we make so many decisions every day. How many choices have you already made this morning? You chose to tune into the radio program, so thank you for that. I would say you've, cho you've chosen life. <laughs> but seriously, how many choices do we make every day? It has to be in the hundreds. It has to be. First of all, we choose what time we're going to wake up. Then we choose if we're going to get up when the alarm goes off or hit it and snooze. What we're going to eat for breakfast, what we're going to wear. 
how we're going to drive to work, uh, what we're going to pack for lunch. I mean, it, th- there's probably 20, 30 decisions in the first half hour of your day, and it goes on all day long. It's a funny quote from uh, Henry Ford. Life was much simpler back in the 1920s. Henry Ford was no, uh, no, notoriously said about people buying his cars, any customer can have a car painted any color that he wants so long that it is black. Funny, right? I mean, today, uh, choices are are so much vastly more than they were in the 20s, 100 years ago. Think about it. You know, 100 years ago, you probably went into the general store where you lived. Perhaps if you lived in a big city, you would have department stores. But most of the country was uh, living off farms and little general stores, uh, not that far removed from sort of the little house on the prairie way of life, at least for the mid-country people. Um, there was no Amazon. There was no way to pick up your phone and hit click, click, and suddenly within 24 hours, that thing is on your doorstep. Um, there was no uh, TV. There was no social media. There was no computer. It was such a different time. Uh, today, I find just going in the supermarket, it's, it can be very overwhelming with all the choices we have. And it's an embarrassment of riches, uh, as the quote says, because we have so much. We have so much. We really have to kick up our gratitude for all the plentitude and um, the ways we've been blessed in America by God. You know, when you go overseas, even in first world countries, you know, um, I remember when I, I went to Spain, uh, oh, it must have been a couple of decades ago. Um, they don't stock their shelves in their supermarkets the way we do. They tend to have more fresh food and more fresh produce and things. But, you know, when you go down the... Um, personal hygiene aisle with the soap and shampoo, there might be two shampoos to pick from. There might be two deodorants to pick from. They, they, they're not like us. <laughs> it's, it's a much different way of life. Um, but there's so many things. There's so many things. Just uh, going to the... I found this the other day. I was looking for um, heavy cream. And the milk case is probably a wall of milk. And it spans everything from real whole milk, organic milk, milk fortified with things, uh, 1%, 2%, uh, skim milk, chocolate milk, strawberry milk. And then there's all the, the nuts, the almond milk and the soy milk. And it like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, it's just an endless amount of uh, options. So uh, when we think about choices, some things are very simple. Uh, you get a paper cut, not a lot to think about. Maybe put a bandaid on it. If somebody's having a heart attack, you have to call 911. That's a much more serious choice to make. And today, in this scripture from Deuteronomy, uh, God's word comes to us with the most serious decisions we will be making. Whether we're going to choose life or we're going to choose death. Whether we're going to choose the blessing or we're going to choose the curse. Now, this country, for many uh, a long time, was choosing life, and then when Satan 
donned those black robes of the Supreme Court and, and ushered in uh, the, that abortion is a legal thing. It's okay to kill babies. We, we chose death. We literally and figuratively and spiritually chose death. Now, that's been overturned. That's a great uh, blessing for us because that was a curse over the country. And now the curse has been broken. Uh, but now it's to the states. But we're talking, this is about physical life. But in the process, uh, many people's spiritual lives can be lost. That's much more uh, serious than losing your physical life. What, you know, if you die and go to heaven, it's a great day. I don't even care if you were murdered. It's a great day. But if you amass all the riches of the planet, like uh, Elon Musk or Bill Gates or, you know, these people like that, and then at the end of life you go to hell, well, was that worth it? Was that worth it? Clearly not, because eternity is so much longer than 100 years on Earth. So... Again, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Now, you would think this is a very easy choice. Of course, I'm going to choose life. Surely, if given the option of life and blessings or death and curses, we would naturally, I mean, we would very enthusiastically choose life. But in fact, so many people are not choosing life because all life comes through God. All life comes through God, specifically the Holy Spirit, who is the Lord and giver of life. So um, as more and more people march away from God and his church, they're choosing death. They're choosing death. They think they're choosing freedom. It's the freedom to die. And not in a good way. So there's a very big danger happening on the planet. It's a huge danger that through the manipulation of Satan, through all sorts of various means, and he's, his tentacles are over everything, so many people are being deceived into choosing death. And it's not a deception that they can claim at the end of life, I didn't know better, because they are choosing it. The devil can't force you to sin. He can entice you to sin, but he cannot force you to sin. If he could force you to sin, uh, then it wouldn't be your free will. Which, And he knows that. And he's not interested in uh, getting you to sin. He's interested in you choosing to sin. Because by your choice, you bring uh, condemnation on yourself. So that's his, his strategy. Now... When we... Think about the kind of life God's offering us. Choosing life uh, involves loving God. So when he's talking about love, he's not talking about uh, grade school infatuations or Valentine's Day hearts uh, or that childish kind of love. Nor is he talking about selfish love, you know, the kind of love where somebody would say, I love you because you make me feel good. That That's such a... Uh, gross statement, and yet you hear it all the time in movies, uh, the or the affectation of that. Because what you're saying is, I love you because you make me feel good. If you don't make me feel good anymore, I'm not going to love you. That's basically what they mean. 
thus all the Hollywood divorces. You see the divorces. Uh, people, some marriages don't even last six months because the the <laughs> the shine is off uh, the rose and suddenly, uh, since you're not making me feel good, you got to go. No, the kind of love that God is calling us to is the godly uh, marriage kind of love. Exclusive, wholehearted, sacrificial. Did you get that? Exclusive, wholehearted, and sacrificial love. That's the kind of love God's calling us to for him. For him. Uh, also in Deuteronomy, we hear, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. That little prayer is called the Shema. And uh, th th that was the prayer that they were supposed to be um, putting. It's in the little thing on the door. It's in the little uh, the little binders that they carry around on themselves. Uh, it was one of the most important prayers to the Jewish people that they were ever given. Because it's about loving God with your whole heart. Um, secondly, according to what Moses was giving them, choosing life means to walk in God's ways. Now, this goes back to the very first parents, Adam and Eve. Um, they had a choice, too. They could obey God or they could do what they wanted. To obey God meant life and perfection. They had paradise. They had the perfection of paradise. Bliss. Walking with God. Everything was provided for. But they were deceived into thinking God was holding out on them. And the one thing they needed to be happy, he was withholding from them, which the devil convinced them was the fruit of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of course, that was a lie. So um, what did they do? Well, we know the way it turned out. They went their way. They disobeyed God. And by one man, sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death passed to all people, because now all have sinned. Uh, that's uh, Paul from Romans 5.12. Uh, the basic uh, premise of this is we want it our way, right? And this is, this is fallen human nature. We want to do it our way. We think we know better. We know better than God. Now, few people would say that out loud. But when we choose sin, that's what we're telling God. This is a better way. <laughs> and of course, he always has the last laugh because when we choose against what he wants for us, it always goes south. It never turns out well. It might initially, but then uh, the day of reckoning comes and it's all a mess. Uh, also, thirdly, from this passage to Moses, um, choosing life means keeping God's commandments. But... As a rebellious people, we like to make loopholes, loopholes um, to get out of things, or we justify <coughs> our, our bad behavior uh, because of some reason that we have for doing it. This, uh, just two, two Sundays ago, when Jesus went through those four, you have heard it said, uh, but I say to you, he was uh, coming against the uh, scribes and Pharisees who'd watered down God's law. And so he came back at them by saying things like, um, 
he's teaching that murder includes anger and contempt and adultery includes lust and what's going on in our mind. Why? Because the Pharisees had, had dumbed it down to a very watered down teaching. So Jesus is redefining things for us, uh, letting us know we've gone astray and he's trying to bring things back into focus. So why? So that we can choose life. We can choose life because uh, the world is so um, rigorously uh, working at getting everyone to choose death. In order to choose life, you have to have a change of heart. And that change of heart only comes by grace. And the giver of grace is Jesus in the sacraments through the Holy Spirit. And of course, remember, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, that's a definitive statement. So that's it, period, exclamation point. Nobody gets to heaven through Buddha or Muhammad or the Dalai Lama. The only way anybody gets into heaven is through Jesus. I'm not saying those people of those faiths can't get to heaven, but if they're in heaven, it's because of Jesus and his blood. That's the only way you get into heaven. And so wouldn't it be important to start telling everybody about this? And I'm not talking about uh, angry discussions and, you know, flailing or, or uh, lobbing insults at other religions. But why are we not even telling our own people about this stuff? I was talking to my brother yesterday, and he's doing a Bible study uh, with uh, another gentleman. And um, they're having uh, many, this man is having many epiphanies as they're reading the scriptures. Uh, particularly about the Jewish religion and how can they not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. But that's what happens when you open the word of God. Revelation comes to life. And epiphanies are common. When you're reading the word of God, literally, it's a living word. It's not just words on a page. And it, uh, it goes into the heart and soul and it flames it on fire for love of God. And it just... Uh, opens up uh, your mind to understanding the truth. And of course, the church gives us the tradition of 2000 years to help guide our thoughts and our uh, understanding of scripture. But the um, Holy Spirit will do that for you. And that's a good thing. So you might be saying, well, how did the Jews get it wrong? It was through their pride. It was through their pride. Pride comes before the fall. They had in their minds, now remember, there's a lot of the Jews that became Catholics, but mostly it was the scribes and Pharisees and those they led astray by saying, this can't be the Messiah. The Messiah would not die on a cross, um, even though it's in the scriptures that led up to Jesus's coming uh, in the person of Jesus Christ on earth. But that's a whole other topic for another day. Um, so uh, in a nutshell, how do you choose life? Loving God with your whole heart, honoring his commandments, um, and uh, giving giving everything to him. He, he's the one who deserves all the glory. And I think we have to be praying every day for those who don't know God or have been deceived about him. I do that every morning because there's a lot of people who have been deceived about the Lord. Uh, they 
whatever they're thinking is about him. Um, you know, it, I just pray for the fullness of the truth to come upon them before the end of their life, that they would have uh, the ability to see the truth. Because in the face of the truth of who God is, one would always choose God. It's only in de in the deceptions about God that we would, like Satan did to Eve, he's holding out on you because he doesn't want you to have what he has. That's a deception. And that's what got her to choose to sin. But in the fullness of truth of who God is, we would always choose God. So another good prayer to pray. Oh, who to pray for today? Let me tell you who we should pray for today. Uh, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that woman uh, who represents part of New York City. She is something else. <laughs> she says she's triggered. She was very triggered by the Jesus Super Bowl commercials. I got to tell you, you poor, dear, sweet woman. If Jesus triggers you, you've got Satan in you. You've got Satan in you. Plain and simple. That's the only one that's triggered by Jesus is Satan and his demons. So you've got a big demon problem. So we're going to pray for this woman. Add uh, AOC to your prayers today that she would be delivered from this. I'm saying it's a spirit of the Antichrist. If she, if Jesus triggers her, oh my goodness, the poor thing. Uh, she made the argument because she realized that she couldn't outright say this or she'd be crushed. So she made the argument that these ads were very expensive um, and she thinks the money could have been better spent on uh, the people. I don't know what people she's speaking about. Um, I don't see her spending a lot of her money on anybody, but that was her argument. And you know, as soon as I read that, I immediately thought of Judas Iscariot when the woman is anointing Jesus's feet with the fragrant oil. And he says, why was this oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? But he was a thief. He was a thief and he just wanted to keep the money. That's what came to my mind. Do you think this woman really is concerned about getting that money to the poor? No, she has the spirit of the Antichrist in her. And that's her problem. So lift her up today in your prayers. <clears throat> Tomorrow, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to dive into um, revelations given to um, Venerable Mary of Agrita about the Blessed Virgin Mary. We're going to start getting ready for um, the next apparition of, uh, with the public message to the world on the 25th, which I guess is going to happen over the weekend. But Monday we'll talk about that, uh, whatever that message is. And uh, tomorrow we'll go into these messages about Our Lady from Venerable Mary of Agrita. She wrote this, uh, it's really quite an embodiment of work. It's called The Mystical City of God, and it's four volumes. And this thing is massive. This is a massive writing. Um, but much, much of it is about Our Lady. And so, um, and beautifully, uh, beautifully written, and, and much was given directly from Our Lady to her. Um, of course, it is private revelation, which means you don't have to believe it. But um, it's always good to hear and make your own decision with the Holy Spirit. That's scriptural. Paul said, uh, te test everything, retain what is good. 
Um, and this is good. Uh, and I think it'll resonate with you as well. So we'll be diving into this tomorrow. Um, what else can I tell you about? Uh, there's a wonderful consecration to St. Joseph card that's being produced by the Knights of Columbus. If you have a Knights of Columbus in your parish, contact one of your knights. Um, it's called the Consecration to St. Joseph. It starts with the Memorare to St. Joseph, and then it has the Act of Consecration to St. Joseph. They're both beautiful. In fact, I've never uh, heard of these before, but I've been praying this now for about a month or so. And the last part of the prayer to the Consecration says, O blessed St. Joseph, pray for me that I may share in the peace and joy of your holy death. Isn't that interesting? Um, so I would reach out and do that. And on the cover of the, on the front of the prayer card is a picture of Joseph holding a lily and the uh, child Jesus. And Jesus has got his hand up as if he's giving a blessing. Uh, I just told my knights I wanted some of these. I ordered 800 and, and, they, and they paid for them. Uh, these will be given out for the Feast of St. Joseph. I didn't know how long it was going to take. It only took him a couple of days to get these. So uh, you can do that too. And your parish will be blessed by these wonderful prayers of consecration and the memorari to St. Joseph. Well, that's it for today. You have a blessed day. Pray for uh, Miss AOC. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off. 